Today, you're going to meet the Elvis Presley the world forgot. Thanks to tribute artist Gavin Chatelier, who's passionate about Elvis's gospel music. Listen up. This is Signs of the Times Radio with Kent Kingston. I'm here with Mr. Gavin Chatelier, gospel singer, Elvis guy. I don't know. Can we call you an Elvis impersonator, Gavin? You, you don't seem to really do the whole sideburns and sort of bouffant hairdo thing. I think there's different terms, tribute artist, impersonator. Impersonators are like, you know, direct, they colour their eyes blue even with some lenses and all that sort of stuff. I'm more, I'm more a tribute artist to, you know, his songs and no, that, that's that's excellent. So, look, you, you've um, helped us put together a fantastic article, uh, Gavin, in this month's uh, Science of the Times magazine, the May edition. Uh, you're on the front cover, in fact. Um, well, well done for that. One thing I'm wondering, Gavin, because the article mentions that uh, the Blue Mountains Elvis Festival is coming up in August. Now, of course, you know, August is a little bit sort of on the edge of, you know, will COVID-19 restrictions be over by then or will we still be there has there been any official word from the blue mountains elvis festival uh, about that event you know some people have looked ahead with all the functions that i've had for the for the 12 months ahead and cancelled even right off in the future others have said let's just wait and see blue mountains is that way cole green who heads it up the organizer he He's happy to see how each month goes and he's, and we're all just rehearsing, doing our thing in the studios and, and he's got the lineup and everything. So we're all on standby. Okay. So it's sort of watch this space. Eh? If, if, if you're, you're a huge Elvis fan and if you really enjoy that festival in the, the Blue Mountains, I guess you'll be watching that website and watching their Facebook just to see what, what updates are coming through. Now, Gavin, for the last few years at the Blue Mountains Elvis Festival and also at the Elvis Festival in, in parks in New South Wales, you've been providing an Elvis gospel music show. And I would definitely want to talk to you about that and how that came about. But I'd like to take a step back before that, if we could, and just to try to get a feeling for how did you get into Elvis's music in the first place? And to, to the point where you felt you could come to one of these festivals and say, hey, listen, I've, I've got something to offer. Like, how did it begin for you? I was always touring, as you know, you know, married with seven children and, and we did our music ministry full time. And I was touring through the churches. One of the churches, there was a gentleman there who lived in parks and he said, wow, you know, you do some of Elvis's gospel music and so he invited me he said look come and come and stay there and my family has a um you know an extra uh cottage you can stay in you know all these things make a tour bring it together you know with the expenses and that traveling coming from victoria so that worked really well that he invited me there i looked in, into all that and then when i went the first year i went as a gospel elvis i i loved his gospel music i didn't know what was going down I just busked in the street, did my thing like I do at all the other shows, but I had to do, we had to do Elvis. That was the condition. You get a number, so you're a, a busker. You also can do your own shows. So I set up with churches. I, I asked churches if they'd open their doors. A lot of them hadn't really thought that way. And so 
I said, look, this would be a great opportunity to outreach to the community. Obviously, there are people that love Elvis as an artist, but all his music. So why not feature the gospel? So when I got there after that invitation, I noticed that they never featured Elvis's gospel music. It was always his all his love songs, his rock and roll. And I did some of those songs too. I, I was having fun in the street with people and, but I loved the, um, the gospel music. I just uh, did, did my thing. And, you know, I got a, I got a, an award for the People's Judges Choice Award. I think it was 16, 2016. And we just kept progressing with that. And when I noticed that there was no full show, of um, Elvis gospel music, I thought, well, why not just do it as I do it in churches and do my program? And then I approached an organiser and said, what about some of the main venues putting it on? And he said, I don't think it would work. You know, I don't think people are that religious and, you know, they want to go down that spiritual path, you know, if it's straight gospel. But I, I said, no, I think he's got a story. It's, it's interesting, his background, the influence. He always said he's... He's not the king. He's a, he's an entertainer. And his faith was really, really apparent to me and his generosity and in, in the way that he looked after people and that type of thing, that good aspect of, of Elvis that doesn't get promoted. So, so I, I enjoyed that. People said, okay, let's, let's give it a go. And I remember one of my first experiences actually in a pub. It was the Parks Leagues Club. They said, okay, you can do a show. And I said, well, as long as I can do Elvis gospel. And they didn't really, they said, look, as long as you're doing what you do out in the street, because what you do is good. We love what you do. The manager was walking by and he saw me there and he said, come, come and do a show. So I, I, I hit the stage with that. And my first opening song was You'll Never Walk Alone. When you walk through a storm, hold your head up high. So I did that song, and in that atmosphere, artists were coming on every hour, every two hours doing shows, and there was all, there was the clanging of glasses, and there was the people talking and the hum of, you know, the audience, and, and the artist would just walk on and do his show, and some people would turn and look and, and enjoy the show. So basically, Gavin, you were, they were set up to be background music rather than a, you know, a bona fide show. Yeah, but they called it a show, and so people, some were close up listening, others were back having a drink, doing their thing. Now, I, I came on with my first song, You Never Walk Alone, and when I did You Never Walk Alone, suddenly there was this dead stop, like a halt, and people turned and looked. I don't, you know, there's a whole lot of factors you can put that down to, but I was prayerful in presenting that. I knew that there was more to this. So I, I'm going, in my head, I'm going, wow, what's happening here? Looks like this is a show. They're going to stop and listen. And I was put on the spot. And so I thought, can I, you know, I was, I was nervous, really nervous, because I thought I'd be in with the others just doing my thing and people would listen. But now I... You know, I had to take take the next step and actually present. And so I started to weave the story in. And it's progressed since then. You know, we've got PowerPoints and we've got Bible texts and all that sort of stuff. But back then, it was me just 
there standing um, singing my thing. And so I, I went through my whole spiel and started to create things and tell stories of the background of his songs and quote, quote Elvis in a gospel sense. And actually after the show, there was like a, a line of people queuing up. I couldn't, I didn't even get off the stage with my album my CDs, my gospel CDs, and the album I promoted back then, I didn't really have a full Elvis gospel album. It was called Love Lifted Me. It had a mixture of different gospel songs, even Kenny Rogers in it. And so here I am, Trudy, I promoted the album, they've queued up, grabbed it off her, and then they've come over to the stage asking me to sign it. The thing that really got to me about that, that impacted me, and I think is the whole point of why I do this, was right at, it was very one of the last people that came to me with this album that I had, I Love Lifted Me album, with a few Elvis gospel songs on. She said to me, would you sign my album? Yeah. So I signed it. She then said, you know, look, um, I actually haven't listened to gospel music for many, many years, and I think it's probably time that I took him back off the shelf. And I think she was talking about her Bible. And, and Jesus, you know, gave him, gave him another chance. And she said, I've actually come down to my last $20 that I was going to spend on drink at the bar, but I'm, bu- I'm buying your album. And that for me, where I just went, yeah, you know, thank you, Lord. If it was for this one lady to just light a fire in her heart. And, and that's what I do. I try and present God to people because he's, he, there's such a mix version of God and, and the stories and, and the representation of God. You know, he says he's love and the Bible says in First John that he's God is love, but how many people really see that? You understand it, they just see a harsh judge. So this was through my music and she was drawn to that. Wow, no, that, that, that is incredible. Like, I can certainly see how, how you would have been inspired to, to sort of continue that. Just a, a couple of things going back though. So, so what you're saying is that you started doing a few sort of Elvis gospel songs in churches. What, I guess at that point, what you started researching a little bit more about Elvis and discovering yeah. more, more of his songs. And because sure. I, I think probably a lot of our listeners would be thinking, what, what the heck, Elvis? You know, I'm thinking of, you know, fat Elvis in Las Vegas with the big sideburns and he doesn't seem like a very inspirational, you know, s- spiritual figure. So, yes. um, I mean, uh, can, can you maybe just play us a, a bit of music from him where people go, Oh yeah, is that, that's an Elvis song. That's a gospel song. Um, just, just to sort of, you know, recognize what's been going on, perhaps what they've missed. In terms of. So I've recorded songs of Elvis gospel songs. You know, if you Google him, any Elvis gospel, you'll see a list, hundreds and hundreds of songs. He actually was quoted saying he knew every gospel song that was ever written. He actually, he did a movie called Change of Habit and it involved three nuns. They were in the movie and he played the doctor. And, and there's a song from that movie and it's called Let Us Pray. I've recorded that one. Um, but he, he's on his guitar and basically he, he draws people to the church because he brings his style of gospel music to this church that's always empty because there's people that the setting is that he is working in the ghettos and these nuns come with their habits to come and help him. It's, it's a really clean cut image. I, I actually love his acting. I think he's fantastic in this movie, Change of Habit. So let us pray together. Pray together, pray with the one mighty voice, and let us sing 
so the nuns, it's a change of habit because they take them, their, their habits off. Elvis sees that they're not making any connection like he is. People are standing back from them. And, you know, this is, a, I guess, it's a challenge for the church too. I, I often talk about this, that, you know, people that are thinking, who is God, who's the church? Well, these nuns finally work out they're going to have to take their habits off if they're going to really break down some barriers and, and cut all the prejudice. So they do, and they go into the community, and the people start actually saying, wow, okay, they, these people saying the same things, but they look different and, um, you know, they treat them differently. So these nuns invite Elvis to come and do some songs at the church and all the people turn up. I love the story. It, it, it actually sounds, Gavin, very much like, I hadn't heard about this movie before, but just listening to it, I'm thinking, I reckon they sort of stole and adapted the plot for um, for Sister Act, you know, with, with Whoopi Goldberg. I'm thinking, you've got the music that transforms a rough community, you've got the nuns, it's, you know what I mean? It's, it's sort of a lot of the same elements, but kind of mixed in a, in a different way. Well, this, this movie goes back years, I can't put a date on it, but, you know, you must be talking 60s and that. So Sister Act <laughs> could have stolen it from the plot from um, from Elvis. Elvis, you know, change of habit. Yeah, it's quite a familiar plot, isn't it? So, so you said um, it sort of all all started in in some senses in the Parks um, RSL or the, the yeah. yeah that pub there in, in Parks yeah. and and you've so you've developed a full what is it a half hour hour two hour sort of um, Elvis gospel music show what how does that look what what happens okay well I've got my solo shows which I do in churches in in halls in other venues I've got five shows over the six days or five days of the festival almost a show every day but I what I did was I had this idea because a lot of these other guys, other ETAs, Elvis tribute artists, impersonators, were looking on. They'd heard about my show. Oh, you're the gospel, Elvis. What they noticed was that I was getting a good crowd, right? You know, some of them weren't even getting the crowds with their rock and roll shows. You know, mm-hmm. it's always hard to draw people. And so they, the crowds were good for me. You know, I've made a living and, and done well in full house type um, crowds. These, so I said to these guys, are you interested in gospel music? And he's a gospel. And they said, oh, we know a few. Uh, you know, I'm very limited in my gospel repertoire, Elvis. I don't have a repertoire like you. I said, well, look, how about you do two, two songs? If I get five or six of you and you do two songs each and I'll, I'll be the feature artist because this is my bread and butter. You've got your own big show. This is just one way of just cross promoting type thing. Right, right. So, so, so you start bringing on a, a bunch of guests during your show, getting some of the the, the best or all the more willing artists from the, the rest of the festival all in one venue at one time. Sort of a, a variety gospel show. Absolutely. So now there's now it's extending the audience to to other people that I wouldn't draw. The main artist who did really well, who said, yeah, okay, I'll come and help you out, do a couple of songs. He's drawing this crowd that I've, I've never had. So that's where it was really taking off, even to the point <laughs> that the six artists that I had, you know, I said to him, look, I can't pay you, but, you know, I'm happy to perform with yours. You put, and we did that a lot, you know. We helped each other out. 
oh, that's fine. No, we totally understand that. But uh, I'll, if you can be a feature act at my shows, yeah, no, that sounds great. People even said to me, but you're doing these gospel songs. Some of these guys don't even know what that is. And I said, isn't that the purpose? You know, Elvis was the same. Like, just because he did other stuff, does that mean we don't do his songs or even talk his story? There's a beautiful DVD set. You can watch it called He Touched Me. And it, it gives you that other side of Elvis, all the thoughts, all the people that met him, the pastors that he went to, you know, all that wonderful side of, of a person that, you know, we, we, we like to, we don't sometimes hear and you only hear the bad stuff. And, you know, I don't see God as that. I, I see God as someone that encourages us and through the goodness of God do we find a way back to him, repentance. We find, because he's touching me and he's encouraging me, I'm convicted of some of the things that I don't do right. You know, rather than highlight the bad stuff, put someone down, I think God is about love and he's showering me with that. Then that the Holy Spirit brings that conviction. And so that's how I see when I promote the story of, of Elvis, his background, and even interact with these other guys that do other things in their show, like they go around kissing the women or sit on their laps and that. I don't do that in my shows, not because I'm, you know, better than them or anything. I just have a certain boundary and a standard. And I always mention that I've got my own, I've got my Priscilla, and that's my wife, Trudy, who I call my executive producer in more ways than one. <laughs> you know, you, you alluded to just then, you've done a little bit of research on Elvis's story and Elvis's history. And, I mean, obviously, you know, people want to, um, you know, check that out. They'll need to jump on the website, you know, signsofthetimes.org.au and, and read that story. But can you give us a little bit of a thumbnail sketch of Elvis's biography from, a, I guess, a spiritual point of view? His mother was very, very religious, regular churchgoer, took him to church, I think Southern Baptist background. She prayed at home, you know, very spiritual, actually very concerned when he got contracts and started to, you know, be put in that environment. She wanted him to just stay with gospel. He even said, I, I wish that I could have only sung gospel music. If I had have been able to just do that, I would have. And back then, you know, things were very new with the gospel music and that being a, a big genre. So she was concerned. So she raised him that way, spiritual. His father was a very hard worker, also um, spiritual man, and raised him that way to work hard. So that's their beautiful principles. And, you know, brought, grew up in a very humble beginnings with um, a, a one, you know, two-bedroom house, if that, uh, in Tupelo, in the black communities. Mm-hmm. Where, in, in Mississippi, right? In Mississippi, where there was segregation of blacks and whites in, in a lot of the states of America, even there. But the father, his father and mother, they didn't separate from the black people. They didn't actually say to Elvis, you have to stay away from them. They saw everyone as equal and, and God's, um, you know, God's people. He went to these places. He went into the, he actually, one of his best friends was black. And he grew up with, you know, black people. And, and even as he got older, went into those, those type of bars where white people weren't actually seen, but he went in there. And that's how he, he learned a lot of the music. He will say that he didn't create rock and roll. It came from these places that he saw 
the way they shook, moved, you know, they moved to the music, you know, how black people, very expressive, uh, their black churches, tambourines, you know, rhythm, beats, organs, beautiful stuff, big choirs, the sister act thing. He, he actually went to even some of these gospel shows with quartets that were singing the stamps, the Jordanaires, and as a boy, and he had his money, and there was an occasion where he didn't have the money to get in, and he was right at the back where the people stood. And so they saw him because they knew he was a regular. He loved the gospel music so much. They called him. They said, where are you, Elvis? And, and he came. They said, this seat will always be for you. You don't need money to get in. He actually ended up hiring a lot of those quartets when he became famous. He went back to them and said, would you come and join me? Even even in states where he wasn't allowed to take his black backup singers into, they weren't allowed to go into the big arenas and that, that Elvis played in. And yet he said, I w- I'll cancel my show. Millions of dollars would be lost. He said, I'll cancel my show if you don't allow me to have my black, black singers. And they were worried about riots and everything. So he was, you know, there was movements that were going on and a lot of the artists, you know, followed in Elvis's footsteps in that or they were inspired by that. So Elvis stood for things too. You know, he had principles. Yes, he fell. He made mistakes. Uh, they talk of his affairs and the drugs that he took and, you know, the different things. But I always say that, you know, sure, and if would any of us like to put up all the bad stuff that we've been through and even struggling with currently up on a wall or on a television or, you know, on, on the internet? No one would ever appreciate that. And so that's where I focus because I, that's the God I worship. Mm-hmm. Out of all the Elvis gospel songs that you um, that you perform or that you've recorded, Gavin, can you can you tell us perhaps what your is? Has there been one that's sort of been a favourite that's that's stuck out for you that that means something to you? And and maybe you could um, you know play us some of your your uh, recording of of that song. Sure. When I heard this song, this particular song, I was actually often asked to do the Engelbert version, which is, there goes my everything. And when I heard this Elvis gospel song, I didn't know this version existed. Someone said to me that was actually the original. It was not, there goes my everything. He is my everything. He is my everything. He is the king of all kings. And when I heard Elvis singing this one, I had to record it as one of my favorite. It's it's probably the pinnacle of, of my whole show. Um, when I'm doing my show, I, Amazing Grace is the theme, but this song is the anchor song. He is my everything. He is the king of all kings. Um, I long to be his possession. Um, he is my everything. say that at one of his shows he the people there were some ladies with a big banner Elvis is the king they were holding it up and screaming but he kept singing till finally one of the ladies came to the stage 
with a smaller version of the banner, had his face on it and said, Elvis is a king. And she held it up to him. He stopped the show, took the little plaque, a smaller version of the banner, and he looked at it and he said, oh, man, but that, that's beautiful, but I, I can't accept that. There's only one king. And he sang this song. He is my everything. He is the king of all kings. The king of all kings. So, uh, Gavin, just, just as we finish, because we are out of time, uh, unfortunately, you said that, you know, you had that experience at the in parks there, you know, that off-the-cuff uh, performance um, that you did there and the response you had from, from so many in the, who were in, in the pub that day. Has that been, uh, have there been more similar responses as you've uh, presented this Elvis Gospel show at the, you know, the Blue Mountains Festival or Parks Elvis Festival or in, in, in other venues? Do you have people coming up to you uh, after these shows? And, and if so, what sort of things are, are they saying to you? Oh, you know, like definitely um, I was touched by that. This was not a standard show. I never expected what I what I heard and saw because Trudy puts a lot of production in. This, this is your wife who, who helps yeah, out. Trudy, my wife, she, she does the PowerPoint. She creates videos in the background behind me. And this was something I've been doing for, you know, 20 years around the churches just sharing my presentations, but to take it out into a, um, you know, a community environment, into the um, the pubs and restaurants and that was, is, is been really great. People even want to correspond via email, you know, tell me more about your faith. What do you believe? Which church do you attend? You get questions like that, you know. Wow, you know, I've, I didn't know an artist hit the stage, you know, like that way, a gospel artist. So I've broken down some of the barriers there, you know. Oh, that's a, that sounds really good. So, um, as you as you say, um, Gavin, you've been you know performing uh, music you know solo and and with your family um, for you know a couple of decades now. You've you've got a, a website where we can find out more and maybe like pick up some of those those albums. What's what's your website? Yeah, well, I mean, it's all my name, lowercase www.gavinchatelier.com. We've also put a link to another website that we're creating, um, the gospel elvis. So, um, dot com, um, just all one word, the gospel elvis dot com. And you can put that into Google and, that, and you'll find those, um, all those connections, all my functions there, all my gigs for the year and, um, music that I've done, clips all that type of thing, promoting that. Uh, it sounds great. Hey, thanks so much, uh, Gavin, for he- helping us out with uh, putting the article together and um, really appreciate your your time today on Signs of the Times Radio. Thanks, Ken. Really appreciate that you caught the story and, and uh, understand where I'm coming from. Appreciate it. Today's episode was based on an article appearing in this month's Signs of the Times magazine. A subscription is just $26 for 11 issues a year. To find out more, visit signsofthetimes.org.au. Signs of the Times has been published in Australia since 1886 and is proudly produced by Adventist Media. 